I want to start off by saying I got good news and I got bad news. Amen. Which, uh, which, do you, which one do you want to hear first? The bad news? The bad news. The, the bad news is that I, I'm not going to preach for an hour. Amen. Sorry. The good news is that I'm not going to preach for an hour. Amen. I, I like to just get right on to the point and get down to the nitty gritty. Amen. Um, and I know when we start smelling all that food in there, y'all going to tune me out anyway. So uh, we're going to just go ahead and get to it. Um, but I, I, looking at this passage, uh, I, I feel that God, he really, he had us in mind when he inspired Paul to write it. Uh, it, it really speaks to our ministry context. It, it, it speaks to this time of the season. And I can't take credit for choosing it. Pastor Samuel, he said, uh, when we were bringing this all together, he said, we're going to preach on uh, this passage. And uh, Pastor Sean, you're going to preach on it. So when the uh, when the bishop says that you're going to do something, you just go ahead and do it. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to give you some background before we get into this. Um, We don't know so much about this church in Colossae. A uh, very small church, it is uh, presumed. Uh, several small church houses, perhaps, uh, 15 to 20 individuals. And so I see Paul writing this letter to these group of churches that are very diverse, ethnically diverse, uh, and really giving them instruction on how to walk together as one body. Amen. And so I see that speaking to us here today as here we are all one church, that we have different ministry names, we have different functions, that we do many different parts of the body. We are all one church, and we all need to learn to walk together as one church. Amen. And so I want to, before you leave here today, I, I, I want you, as we are Celebrating this season of Thanksgiving, I I see this text really speaking on, giving us instruction on really how to give thanks and what exactly to be thankful for. We know we talk about we we talk about we're thankful. we, we, We say thank you all the time. But really, it's more of what we say, more of what we do rather than what we say. Does that make sense? And so I see this passage really uh, speaking to this text. And just to give you some background here, we are, he's all throughout this uh, book, Paul is telling this church to put off the old self. All these qualities, all these, they're not qualities, all of these uh, worldly virtues, um, you need to put it to death because you are anew in Christ. You are no longer that person, and so you are to put on this new person that you are in Christ. Amen. And he's speaking in metaphors and and, and giving this analogy of taking off and putting on clothes. Clothe yourself, he says, in this new person. And we'll get to that. But before I get to this message, I I, want to make my sort of my declaration of faith. Um. If you're like me, whenever you hear somebody preach and you don't know them, you haven't heard them before. If you're like me, you're listening attentively because when they go to the left or they go to the right or they twist something or change something, I just tune them out. 
And so I want to tell you, I believe in the inerrancy and infallibility of the word of God. It is the word. It is all true. Every word of it. We don't twist it. We don't turn it. We don't look at it funny and reinterpret it according to the times. We stand on the word of God. Uh, and, and that is what I believe. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. If, if you like that. Amen. If you don't. Too bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> so here it's written in verse. I'm going to go back to verse 12. It makes more sense to it's written. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. It begins with a conjunction, therefore, so we need to go back and see what uh, the idea that he's connecting. In verse 11, he says, here there is no Gentile Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all and is in all. Amen. Christ is our all. There is no separation. We are all one in Christ. And so he's saying, therefore, as God's chosen people, God's chosen people. We are chosen. We are chosen. You didn't just call on the name of the Lord by accident. You have been chosen since before time began. It's no coincidence if you've bowed your knee and you called on Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is no accident. You are chosen. Amen. And that means that when we get to heaven and we, 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 we're walking with Christ, he isn't going to look at you and say, wait a minute, what? You made it? Wow, well, good for you. I didn't see that coming. No, we are chosen. We are chosen by God. And he says we are holy. Holy is to be sanctified. To be sanctified is to be set apart. We are set apart for his purposes because he has chosen us and he loves us. We are dearly beloved. And so if we are chosen and we are set apart and he loves us, then we need to act like it. Amen. We, we talk about it, but it's one thing to say that we are. And there's another thing to be who we are. He's calling us to be this new individual, this person that he's called us to be, this person that he has elected us to be, this body that he's gave his only begotten son to be. We are to be that way. Amen. And he puts on, he uses this metaphor of, of, of put on these qualities. It, it really doesn't make much sense today, but in this time, in the Greco-Roman world, what you wore was an indication. It was a symbol of who you were. It, 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 it said that you were whatever profession you were, whatever your, your social class, your, your how much money you had, the job that you worked at, your ethnicity, what you wore, it, it said it all. We, we kind of do that here today. But not exactly, because sometimes you see people, they, they look like a million bucks, but they don't have a dime to their name. But this is what they presented when someone saw you. This is how they saw you. They, they understood who you were in society. And so here Paul is saying you ought to put on the clothing, not be concerned with the worldly appearance, but to put on the image that Christ died for you to become. Does that make sense? 
The, the, the person that he's called us and elected us to be is what we are to put on, is who we are to become. If, if, if people know you and, and understand who you are, if they recognize you by the clothes that you wear, the, the car that you drive, the, the house that you live in, but they don't know you as a believer in God, they do not know you as a believer, a follower of Christ, our priorities are misaligned. We are to demonstrate who we are, to put on this image of Christ. Amen. We live in this world where it's we, we get so caught up in these appearances. We, 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 we want to demonstrate that we're somebody. But the most important person that we can be and that who we are is who God called us to be, is the one that he loved us and sent his only begotten son to die for us to become. Amen. Again, I see these as instructions. Paul given instruction to these churches on how to walk with one another. In verse 13, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We get on each other's nerves, I know. We, 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 we do. And I'm not talking in generalities. I'm saying right here at this church building, we all get on each other's nerves. Because I, I know it because you tell me. You, you, well, they did that, or oh, this happened there, or do you know what happened to that? I, I hear it. We do it in a nice way. We're Christian, and so we know how to uh, issue a complaint, but we do that. And I know most of all, I get on your nerves. I know that I, I, I know before there was a time where we could stretch out and and we could uh, we can have our services and not see anybody else. We would be in church and you wouldn't see you wouldn't know that there was another church in here. But now it seems like I know somebody's thinking it's getting a little crowded in here. Amen. huh? It, it, we, we rubbing elbows with one another and we have to go and check with somebody. Wait a minute. Can I come and worship at this time? Well, we can worship together. Hallelujah. I know I'm getting on your nerves. Uh, I know if you walked in this front door here and you looked at that big mud puddle out there, I know somebody is saying, what is wrong with this man? What is going on in this in his head? What are you doing? That ain't my fault, by the way. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it, though. But I, I, we, we, we bear with one another. I, I, like I said, I can't help but see this as Paul writing this letter to these churches, urging them, exhorting them, you're going to have to get along with one another because y'all going to get on each other's nerves. You're going to do things that this one doesn't understand and they don't agree with, and you're going to say something that, that might just... Send somebody off the edge, but we are still one body in Christ. Amen. In verse 14, it reads, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love, it is unfailing. The love of God, it does not fail. And we are called to love one another. We can we can smile at each other. We can we can. Do all the things that we have been taught to do. But if we are not doing that in love, it simply just falls apart. It, it is absolutely nothing. 
It means nothing. We put on all this and love. Love has to be that, that overarching quality that we walk with one another with. When you look to, your left, to the left and to the right, you see somebody that you ought to be loving, whether you know them or not, because they have Christ living and dwelling within them. Amen? If we can't love one another, we can do nothing together. We are called to love each other. It's written in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. I told you I wanted to give you a a, a proper perspective on what it means to be thankful and how to give thanks. Look at what he's saying. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That is to allow his peace, not to say, well, I'm at peace and I'm, I'm fine and everything's calm and kosher, but to let that peace of Christ guide you. It is the authority within you that guides your decision making. Does that make sense? We, we are to submit to the peace of Christ. And be thankful about it. We're not just talking about it. Be thankful about it. Because this is what we were called to be. One body. I've, I've said this many times, and I, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it because I think it's important. Uh, when the, the motivation behind us coming together, it's not to say, hey, look at us. We're doing this. Did you see us? Did you hear about what we're doing, this, this thing? Uh, oh, do you see that pastor? He's got a good idea. No. This is biblical. This is what we are called to do as one body. This isn't something that is new. This is how we were intended to be. And so if it's written and, and we stand on this word of God, then why are we just talking about it? We have to be about it. And so this is why we come together, because this is what I believe this word tells us to do and what God so desires us to be. One people worshiping him in spirit and in truth across all cultural boundaries, no matter how old you are, how young you are, what language you speak. We can come together and raise up the name of the Lord. We can come because somebody in here has something that they're thankful for that God's done for you and you have reason to give him the praise. And it doesn't matter what somebody knows or what they say. You can be right alongside them and they've gone through something that you've gone through and you can praise them together. Amen. That ought to be reason for somebody to say glory. Hallelujah. He's brought me through some difficult times. And we're still here today. We are called to be one body, one church. And the beauty of it all is, is we can be thankful about it. It's because no matter where you go, you can go to the ends of the earth. You can walk into a building that proclaims Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you have a portion of that fellowship. That is reason to be thankful. That is reason to be thankful. We give God all the glory by doing what he's called us to do. In verse 16, it reads, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This, this really just sums it all up. We, 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 we can be thankful. We can say thank you to we turn blue in the face. But look at what he's saying. Whatever you do, do in the name of the Lord. We, we, we talk about this. We, we, we pray this. When we pray, we add that at the end. In Jesus' name. We say it. We say that we come together in the name of the Lord. Like I said, there's one thing to say something and there's another thing to do something. Coming in the name of the Lord doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't mean just saying, hey, I come in Jesus' name. The name, it implies function. It implies will. When we come in the name of the Lord, we come in his will. We align ourselves with what he is calling to do. We are obedient to what he is calling us to do. Who he is calling us to be. Does that make sense? So when we say that we come in the name of the Lord, what we say is of no consequence. It's what we do when we come together together as one body to praise him. We are coming together in the name of the Lord. And this is how we give thanks to God. In all that we do, everything that we do, we do it in the will and accordance with God. And what Christ has called us to do and what in who he has called us to be children of the one true God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you for this day. Lord, I, I pray this word fall not on deaf ears, Lord, but that you're, you just have your way in this place. Open up hearts, open minds, Lord, as we come together to fellowship together, Lord. I just pray, Lord, may your spirit touch those that need to be touched. May we have an awakening during this time, Father, this time of grief, this time of whatever we are going through, Lord. We just lift it all up to you and just pray, Father, have your way. We surrender to you, O God. Lord, we pray, Lord, just have your way right now. Lord, we want to be the people that you called us to be. We give all you, all the glory, all the praise. Lord, we love you. We praise you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.